Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia will keep you on budget and on track so you can plan your big day without the big price tag. Oh, you'll keep that wedding day on budget if it's the last thing I do. It's like a threat. I really see it as a challenge to help you stick to budget and not wake up the day after your wedding with an awful pit in your stomach going, oh my goodness, we now owe $50,000. We can't have any more fun. We've had a really good fun time and now we can't. Let's just stay at home for the next four years. Mm-mm-mm, not going to happen on my watch, people. Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A Thursday or whatever day you're listening to it. This is a question and answer episode. If you're new to the podcast, I do usually two shows a week. I haven't broken that promise yet. (laughs) Let's see how long I stick to it. I'm up to about 65 episodes now, so I'm being pretty diligent with giving you as much information as I can physically produce and also answering your questions. So usually the format is on Monday, I try and do an interview or a theme-based episode. And then on Thursday, I hand the microphone literally over to you. Well, not literally, because you don't have the microphone. Let's use grammar properly. I hand it over to you to ask questions, see where you're at wedding planning wise, see what we can work out together and hopefully get you back on track or guide you in the right sort of direction to help you out. I just wanted to take a wee baby moment to thank you for leaving some wonderful podcast reviews on iTunes. I asked a couple of weeks ago if you could take a few moments to just write some positive, negative, whatever your thoughts are, put them down on paper, not really physically paper, just put them down on the interwebs. It's really easy to leave an iTunes review. You just go into your iTunes store and you find Save the Date Wedding Podcast and you click rate and review. And what it does is the iTunes beast, it's huge. It's really hard. If you don't know where to find me and you you know, someone did say they just typed in wedding podcast. That's so cool that it's actually coming up now for a while. You would really have to um, search for it. So it, it's great to be able to see that people are finding it. And I just wanted to thank a couple of recent uh, reviewers. One is um, by someone called Candance14. And they say, I've been enjoying Alicia's podcast so much as I plan our wedding and I've been recommending it to a friend's. It's not just helpful advice, which has provided some very useful tips. It's also just flat out funny. Subscribe and enjoy. Oh, thank you. The next one says, and she gave, I'm, I'm assuming it was a she. It could have been a man. Don't know. The next one also gave me five stars. Thank you. This is Surf and Sun 30. Gee, Surf and Sun. That just takes me to a wonderful place. Good name. This is too amazing to not share with your bridal party. My bridesmaids have gotten so many links to this show throughout the last few months. (laughs) I love that. Such great tips and advice. I'm going to keep listening even after I get married. Good Lord, you are gorgeous. Also, I love Brazil wrote. This is their username. I also love Brazil. I have not been to Brazil, but gee, I enjoyed watching the World Cup last year and it really wanted me, it really enticed me to want to go there. Does that make sense? They say, I've been tuning into this podcast religiously because I happen to be planning my wedding in Scottsdale, Arizona. But listening to Alicia is so fun. I would subscribe to anything she wanted to talk about, wedding related or not. She's so real and gives great advice. Thank you so very, very much. It's um just wonderful that you took a moment to do that for me. 
and spread the word because, as I said, it's a huge beast. iTunes, I read the other day that there are 200 new podcasts being released every day on iTunes alone. That's not even including Android stuff. Mental. I mean, lovely that there are 200 people out there deciding that they want to do exactly what I'm going to do every day. Not all about weddings, by the way, but it's, it's a big, it's a big job making a podcast. I think some people, my friends sort of say, Oh, you're doing the podcast again. I mean, how much time do you spend doing that? And like, listen, I got to talk. I then have to write. I create all the show images. I have such fun doing it, but it is, um, it takes up more time than you would imagine. No complaining. I love it. So I think it's time to talk about the show today. How about that? <laughs> enough, enough dicking around. Let's get to it. I'm going to be honest with you from the get go. I have terrible allergies. So bad that, uh, last year before we left Australia, we now live in London. Last year before we left Australia, I went to an allergy doctor, which cost me a lot of money. And he did one of those tests where he sort of scratches your arm all along your arms, different things, and then puts the allergen in, in the sort of wound of the arm. This sounds a lot more grim than it was. And then sees how you react to them. And my whole arms just lit up like little Christmas trees of allergies going, you're allergic to everything. Just forget about it. Just live in a bubble. Become a bubble girl, Alicia. Forget it. It's not even worth trying to fix. But he did entice me to have an allergy treatment of desensitization, which included me going back to my doctor every week to be to be injected with a small dose of the allergen as a way of desensitizing me to the allergies. Now, that didn't work. I'm going to be honest with you. Six months of treatment, it didn't work. And uh, flowers, unfortunately, I love fresh flowers. There is nothing nicer than coming home to a big, big vase of beautiful fresh flowers. But I get quite allergic to things. So I have to be careful. So that's one thing. If you aren't, if you're an allergy person like me, just, just be warned. And this sounds silly, but it's perfectly common sense that I am going to really bring home with you now. If you know you suffer from severe allergies, do not fill the church, the hall, your wedding venue up with flowers that are going to turn you into some sort of snotty, sneezing, wheezing, eye running person because that is not a cool look for your wedding day and no matter how beautiful flowers are you do not want to be this person going, <laughs> happy happy wedding day <laughs> you sound like the creature from the dark deep lagoon so that is my very sensible first piece of advice before we even get to your questions i thought it best to mention a very practical point, and that is don't buy flowers that you may have terrible allergic reactions to. There are heaps of flowers out there that don't have that sort of effect on people, but just test it. Maybe buy some if you know you've got allergies. Maybe buy some of these flowers and have them in your home prior to and have that effect there rather than on your wedding day. And also one one very popular thing is to carry some antihistamines with you on your wedding day, perhaps in a small delicate purse or in a pocket somewhere if your wedding dress has pockets, as so many do now. I love them. And you just never know. Antihistamines are a perfect little uh, antidote, obviously, for allergens, hives, those sort of things that can fix it straight away. My goal today is to 
try and help you, guide you in the right direction to making the right decision when it comes to flowers when you are planning your wedding. Because to be honest, flowers can suck up a big, big part of your budget. So if you are on a small budget or perhaps you have a large budget, but you prefer to have a lot of really nice champagne or some fabulous expensive catering maybe you can try and be a bit more creative with your flower arrangements and floral decor and save a bit of money so in last monday's episode i talked about making decisions about floral arrangements and your decor depending on your venue I mentioned the venue that we used at our wedding, Rich and I got married in, was a beautiful stylized house that would probably look silly if we'd filled it with flowers. It just would have been overdone. It was quite a small space. You must remember one thing I didn't mention last episode, and I kicked myself after I recorded that, is that flowers uh, can be beautiful smelling beautiful colors, but they can also be pretty overwhelming in small spaces. One area is people feel like the more flowers, the better. It's like when you put all your clothes and all your jewelry on at once, it doesn't look good. Even if you've got the most fabulous jewelry and the most fabulous jackets and scarves and everything, even if you've you've got the, the best wardrobe ever, wearing it all at once, you look like an idiot. And if you are feeling like the more flowers, the better, the more flowers you can cram on a table or cram into a small room, it doesn't necessarily equal classy. And yes, I know, we've said it before, if you use the word classy, it isn't classy, but it's probably not as sophisticated as you could possibly have it to be. So today, as I said, the episode is based all around trying to answer your Q&A questions, your questions and answers about floral decor, and I've got a few up my sleeve. Happily, I've been saving them. My first question comes from listener Harriet. She's in London. Hello, Harriet. Sorry about the accents. She says, Alicia, what are your thoughts on supermarket flowers? We live near an Asda superstore, that's a very big supermarket chain here in the UK, with a huge florist slash flower section and think there are bargains to be had for our wedding day. But is that hideously cheap and tacky of us to buy our wedding flowers there? Cheers. Okay, Harriet, here's the thing. Who gives a shit if it's hideously tacky? It's not. Let's just say that straight away. Flowers are flowers. No one is going to know if you've purchased the flowers from Kate and Will's florist down the road, I'm guessing, or the Asda supermarket near where you live. It really depends on your preparation. Now, I'm assuming you are saying that you would like to purchase pre-packaged flowers and perhaps sort of do what we did, and that's pull the pull the arrangements apart and make your own. Now, if I, I've been to a couple of these big, we've actually got a big supermarket very similar to that near our home. And the one thing I will say is that every time I go in there, it's a different lot of flowers. There's not really consistency. And that's good because it means they're probably buying um, fresh flowers in bulk and in season. But it just have a little think about what you are expecting to purchase and if you are going to be flexible with what is going to be on sale because they perhaps, as they are supermarkets, they're not florists as such, perhaps their range will be changing each day or week. Now, saying that, 
if you are just wanting to have flowers at the wedding and you maybe got perhaps a color theme and you're not as fussed about the specific flowers that you're having, I think this is a fantastic idea. If you're looking for a rustic sort of fun, perhaps you've collected lots of vintage vases and you just want to create sort of loose, beautiful, bohemian I just want you to know when I said bohemian, I just shook my head like Stevie Nicks does on stage a little bit. I was sort of like loose and carefree. You can't hear me doing that, but I'm just shaking my head. So when I think about bohemian, I think about wearing no bra and having a bit of a loose skirt on and just being free and easy. So if you want to have that style of flowers, exactly what I just described there, perhaps you don't want to create as, you know, a specific floral creations that require actual skills. And I'm not saying that you can't create something without some sort of floristry degree, but as you know, and as you would have heard in Monday's episode, there's a lot of work and training and practice that goes into creating beautiful floral, floral arrangements. You can't just pull that shit out of a hat. But if you do want to create sort of simple flowers that are in a vase that you can just put together yourself without really deconstructing them, I think that's a good idea. Did I sound like a hypocrite just then? Perhaps. I think you understand what I'm saying. If you want something really artesian and you want something that's more sort of stylized and well-arranged, go to a florist. If you're creating sort of a loose, lovely bouquet of flowers that you're putting in vases all over the, all over the shop, then maybe this is what you need to be doing. One thing we always say on the podcast is plan ahead And don't take on too many tasks, Harriet, on your wedding day because no one wants to be arranging flowers three minutes before you are jumping down that aisle to marry your partner. If you're planning to visit Asda or one of the big supermarkets, here's an example in America, and I even talk about this in the book, Costco has some amazing flowers, some crazy, crazy flowers, and they actually will do floral arrangements for you as well. They will do proper bouquets. They've got wedding packages that are quite affordable depending on where you live. So if you are going down the supermarket style aisle, <laughs> style aisle, you really, uh, did you hear me laugh at my terrible like dad joke then? I do apologize. If you're going down that route, then you must be prepared. And when I say be prepared, I mean, you should go the day before your wedding, probably at the latest. You should have a fridge, a refrigerator that you can place the flowers in overnight. Make sure you have vases to keep them in. And also, if it's hot outside, you know, you need to get them into the cold. You need to, but not too cold. This is the thing. You don't want to freeze them because then they'll just look like frozen, shitty, sad flowers. You need to be prepared. You do not want to be running around the morning of your wedding. I even think the day before your wedding, I did a lot of running around the day before our wedding. And in hindsight, I would never do that again. Rich and I both agree that yes, we DIY'd the hell out of our wedding. And we are so proud of all the work that we did. And I wouldn't change anything about the wedding day, but I would certainly add another thousand dollars which sounds like a lot of money, but in the scheme of things, I would have added a thousand dollars to the kitty. I would have foregone, I don't know, you know, a a couple of days of our honeymoon, for example, to have other people run around and do some of the menial tasks that we took upon 
ourselves to do and you know it was sort of shit we were running around we we picked up the flowers we went to the florist two days before the wedding and yeah it was a quick little mission but also we had all these buckets of water in the back of our little tiny pokey car and we had to make sure we got to our venue we couldn't go we had to go straight to the venue because we were really worried about the flowers wilting and uh opening too early so Again, if you are choosing to go down the supermarket path, make sure you are only maybe buying bunches and splitting them and maybe that's something your mum and dad could help out with or family members or bridesmaids. No, not even bridesmaids. Extra people that you can jump in and ask them to help you out. So Harriet, I don't think you're being tight ass or tacky. I think it's really creative and clever of you to find alternative alternative means to getting what you want without having to pay heaps of money. I love florists so much and I think they have such a great skill set and value base for people that desire their services. But if you can't afford it but you still want a couple of flowers, then hey, do what you need to do. So Harriet, I wish you well. I'd love to see what you end up doing. I love the idea of you sort of getting a bit creative with it all. And uh, one last tip I mentioned is not knowing what is going to be in stock. Talk to the store manager. Really connect with people. You never know. I'm, I, I am the queen of charm. I love a schmooze. I love getting to know people. I think when you get to know people in shops and stores, they treat you better. You treat them like a human being. You might get better service. And also, it's just a nice thing to do. So go into that supermarket Meet the guy or the gal that manages the flower area, get to know them, ask them the questions about when flowers are delivered, who decides what flowers are coming in, is it seasonal, is there some sort of chart you can look at, get get involved and you never know, they might just reveal all their deep dark secrets and you might be able to really plan ahead uh, and see what you're going to be purchasing. Harriet, thank you so much for getting in touch. Harriet contacted me via savethedatepodcast.com. That is the website where you can find all of the information about the podcast, the blogs, the show notes, as I sometimes refer to them as. It's where all the information is found. And also you can listen. What I love and what I think is really clever about the interwebs and about my webpage, if I do say so myself, which I built with my own hands and my own coding after many hours of frustration is that you can play the episode as a small media box. You can hit play and then you can read my notes. And also as you're listening, you can go and visit the web pages that I'm recommending or, you know, there's lots of infographics and BuzzFeed articles and all this sort of stuff that I like to link to. You can, you can, you know, read that multitask and listen to me. You can also listen to the show if you are at work. You can simply plug your headphones into the computer and play this podcast via the browser, via savethedatepodcast.com. Every episode is uploaded there and you just hit the play button and it will play within the web browser. You don't need to download anything. You don't need to commit to anything. If you're looking for an episode or wanting to catch up, Just go to the website and search and you'll be able to find the episode and play it. There it is. Simple pimple. I love a tweet question, a Twitter question. I received this from the lovely listener called at Fifi569. She tweeted uh, saying, 
Looking for centerpiece alternatives, think flowers are a bit wasteful but would still like colour. I like it. It's simple, it's short, it's 140 characters or less. Thank you, Fifi. It's a really good question because often, well, we're changing. It's really fun to look back at wedding pictures, even sort of five to ten years ago. Tables are changing. People aren't sitting everyone in sort of circular tables anymore. We've got long, 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 long tables, people all on one table. We've got cocktail tables. It's the foundations of the wedding reception and the vibes of wedding receptions are, I think, in a really transitional phase. People are getting a bit more relaxed about it. And also, it's not about putting huge floral centerpieces in the middle of tables so people can't see and talk to each other. That's over. In my mind, it's only the sort of really real housewives, richy rich people that want to flash their cash around that are doing that anymore. I'm sure you can visualize what I'm talking about. I'm I'm not saying don't have flowers on the table. I'm talking about the big vases that are so huge you actually have to stand up or cram your neck to the side to actually see the person on the other side of the table. I think it's I agree with you Fifi. I do think that is wasteful and quite expensive. Fifi, here are some ideas quickly that I have just that have just sprung to mind to answer your question. I have seen some amazing, amazing fruit-based centerpieces. Now, I'm not just saying stacking up apples in the middle of a table, <sniffs> snores, bores, really. I'm talking about using uh, fruit in a more creative and colorful way. Tomatoes, and I shit you not, Google, look at Pinterest tomato centerpieces, massively inspiring just inspiring. I sound like a dickhead, but they are really interesting. I would never have thought to do that. If you're having a Mediterranean style wedding, perhaps you can chuck some tomatoes in a table. Again, I'm not talking about stacking them. Do it properly. Look at Pinterest. Also, if you're looking at lemons, limes, grapefruits, pomegranates, they're, they're the sort of beautiful shaped and colorful, vibrant fruit that could actually work as well as name card um, holders. You could stick something in them with names on a, each sort of name place. You could have a, a little orange or something and shove the name holder in it. You don't even have to have a centerpiece. That would be colorful as it is. Of course, you've got candles. You must be very careful with candles. You need to talk to your wedding venue about the use of candles on tables. That sounds silly. Again, it's common sense sort of stuff. But some venues do not allow open flames in their venue. Fine. They may wish to keep their venues standing upright and not burning down. I totally get that. Just ask them. Make sure that you have vetoed that with then before you turn up on the day to not cause undue stress and trouble of having unlit candles on the tables because that'll look shit. There was a bit of a trend a few years ago and I'm seeing a little bit of it now coming back a bit is sort of pebbles and pebble arts in jars. Now that might sound a bit naff but if you again look at Pinterest and go pebble jars centerpieces there is some pretty cool stuff. One of the things people use are colored pebbles. I'm not talking about crappy garden center brown pebbles which can look good. I did just say crappy but they can look good in the right way. If you go to pet shops Pet shops actually have, some of them, especially if they, they're selling fish tanks, they sell a huge array of different colored pebbles. 
and some really quite bizarro colors that can work in quite well in a theme if that's what you're after. Again, it's not necessarily my taste, but if it's a creative way to get around, if you want jars of stuff on a table, example, jars of tomatoes or jars of fruit, and you want some pebbles in it that are a bit different colors, that's my tip for you. Pet shops, a bit strange, but it works. I'm a really big fan of the painted vase, the painted jar. Again, this is something you can do at home for a very, very minimal expense. And that is exactly what we did. We collected a whole lot of jars, pasta jars, I don't know, weird sort of jars of, you know, you might get a jar of olives that is sort of a bit of an unusual shape. We kept them all and you can spray paint them and, uh, or just hand paint them into sort of nice pastel colors themes, that sort of thing, and place them decoratively on the middle of the table. Again, check Pinterest for tutorials and inspiration, but there are plenty, if, especially if you type in, I just typed in non-flower wedding centerpieces, and I have come up, I'm looking at them right now, hundreds and hundreds of fabulous options that don't contain any flowers at all. There's lots of sticks wine glasses and wine jars, heaps of beautiful geometric origami centerpieces that are very stylish and something that you would want to take home afterwards. Talking about origami, you could also create sort of colorful pinwheels with nice, vibrant, patterned paper. Put them in jars. If you are after a quite inexpensive and stunningly fragrant version of a, a sort of, I, I say non-floral, this is, it's still in the realms of flowers, so don't criticize me here if I'm saying this is not a flower. It's uh, an idea that I've spotted a few times now, and that is jars of lavender that is a bit rustic. It would have to go with the, the venue. But lavender is pretty cheap to source. It smells amazing. And you can also put pots of lavender or pots of herbs on the table and ask your guests if they want to take them home at the end of the night. Instead of bunches of flowers, you have living centerpieces. Again, it's lovely if you have people to give them to at the end of the evening, end of the day, gift them to your guests. It's not wasteful. Now that's actually a topic that I really feel passionately about and that is not wasting your money but also not wasting valuable resources and when we talk about flowers, a lot of the time flowers at the end of weddings are just thrown away. Now if you've listened to my episode on Monday, you would have heard an interview I did with a lovely florist called Sarah Williams and she mentioned an organization in the UK that is all for people that are donating their flowers at the end of their wedding day to hospices, hospitals, and, uh, you know, old age homes, people that could really appreciate a little bit of brightening up. So if you are, there's flower angels in the USA, there's also floral angels, there's, there's hundreds of these wonderful organizations. Can I please suggest that you look up one of these groups in your area and they will come and collect the flowers from your venue. If you are, obviously, if you're getting married in a church and you want to leave the flowers there, I know a lot of churches appreciate that as well, but perhaps you've got hundreds and hundreds of dollars and pounds worth of flowers and at the end of the night, their venue will just throw them away. That's what they do. They chuck them in the bin unless they're participating in a similar scheme. 
So please, if you are having flowers and you're spending the money on that, can I beg of you to consider donating your flowers, your beautiful flowers to people that would really appreciate it and continue to um, appreciate the, the gorgeousness of them. Once you're off on your honeymoon and having a lovely time, they will be able to also look at these flowers and go, oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. What nice people they are to donate them. It's a little way to give back. I will list a couple of these sort of big organizations on the Save the Date podcast.com show blog, but do just Google it. I mean, all I Googled was flower donation wedding and I came up with hundreds of posts, hundreds of listings, and it's a great idea. That, my friends, is all I have time for on this episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A episode. If you have a question you would like me to answer, or if you have someone that you would like me to contact to answer, maybe it's more of a specific question. For example, if you have a question about planning a Jewish wedding, I'll get Karen from Smashing the Glass back on. Maybe you have something about planning an alternative wedding. Kat Williams from Rock and Roll Bride, she's a great resource. I've got access, I've got connections, I'll get them back on. So if you do have something that you'd like to ask, please email me at savethedatepodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, savethedatepc is my handle. And uh, like Fifi did today, you can tweet me a question. Perfectly, perfectly happy with that. Also, if you are a Facebook person, do follow the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page. I post lots of curated content there. Um, I probably spend too much time on Facebook, let's be honest, but I really do enjoy sharing other great wedding articles, tips, links, and lots of fun stuff as well. Until next week, thank you so much for tuning in to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Please download your free guide to getting hitched on my website. And uh, until we meet again, happy day. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast brings all your favorite bloggers, experts, and wedding things straight to your ears and your brain.